Hello and welcome to the Corporate Storytime podcast series. My name is Lucas Robinson, the host of the podcast. On this pod, I'll get the opportunity to talk to ASX company leaders and innovators as they run through their personal executive journeys and the stories behind the companies they are helping to grow today. I'll be leveraging my experience as a former stockbroker and my current role with investor relations consultancy, Corporate Storytime. But enough of that, for now, let's gather around, come in close, and let me tell you a story. All right, thanks for joining us again on the Corporate Storytime podcast. Today, we've got Ryan Parkin with us, the Managing Director and CEO of Infinity Lithium Corporation, an ASX-listed company uh, in the development phase for um, a Spanish-based lithium project called uh, San Jose Valdeflores. Ryan, um, you and I sort of go back to um, school days and more recently sort of, you know, reconnected uh, when our sons who were sort of going through school together themselves um, yeah, kicked off uh, a, a, well, started playing together in a cricket team. Um, uh, that was after you returned back from a stint in France. I, I know um, you were a, a professional rugby coach back there and, and you sort of had a background in rugby whilst, as a lot of rugby players have done over the years, um, juggled, you know, a professional career and a, a sporting career um, uh, playing and coaching rugby. Um Tell us a bit about your background um, with respect to that, that stint in France um, as, a, as a rugby coach. Where, where were you and, and, and what was it all about? What was the club that you were sort of um, coaching and involved with and, and how did you go over there? No, oh, look, thanks a lot, Lucas, and thanks for having me here today. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I've always been uh, involved with rugby. I've always enjoyed it and it's been a big part of my life. Uh, when I was younger, I played overseas in Ireland and France and, and always held on to the dream to get back to Europe someday. And, and really, that has a lot to do with how I ended up with Infinity Lithium and aligned to a Spanish project. Even last night, I was speaking to my old club president in, in France. It's a club called Ortez or Union Sportive de Ortez. You know, a fantastic part of the world to be. Um, hold a lot of fond memories there and upon coming back to Perth of course uh, through children's sport I think the first couple of weeks we were back I ran into Yalikas down at the local cricket club so yeah it's great to be back in Perth now probably for the better part of five years but uh, I've been really lucky to get back to Europe regularly in and around COVID and, and also in the midst of it and you know really committed to our Spanish project and you know have uh, have a lot of fond memories from my time in France. Excellent. I mean, a lot of Australian investors, uh, you know, when they think of lithium, um, they think of uh, spod or spod, you mean, uh, as uh, is you know produced in the Pilbara uh, and in sort of um, south of south uh, east of Perth and sort of around Ravensthorpe and green bushes. Um, uh, you know, how is uh, the, the project um, that, that, that Infinity is developing in Spain, how, how is it different from those sort of, I suppose, traditional SpodCon sort of players or even how is it different from uh, the South American brine uh, lithium producers and, and you know, maybe expand a little bit on the fact that, you know, Infinity is looking to become um, more than just a miner. Yeah, sure. So our project's, you know, really based on a lithium bearing mica deposit. It's the second largest hard rock lithium resource in Europe. So 
probably a little more applicable to try and align it to a, to a spot project that we're familiar here in, in Western Australia and that hard rock uh, source of lithium versus the brines, which is uh, you know entirely different in terms of the lithium chemical extraction process. Uh, our lithium bearing deposit, uh, it's been known since the late 80s and early 90s. And uh, San Jose is an underground tin mine from the late 1960s. So this has seen underground mining activity previously. We're seeking to develop a, a fully integrated project on site, which will not only extract the lithium bearing material, but also convert that to battery grade materials. And, you know, that's a really important distinction because late last week, the extra-majoran government or the junta passed a law decree very specifically now requiring all lithium projects to move downstream and convert that lithium resource. So we feel like we're a blueprint for, for extra Madura and for Spain, not only for the resource side of the equation that we're familiar with here, you know, in Western Australia, but also with the downstream lithium chemical conversion, which is, you know, comparable to what we see with Tianchi and, and others in Quinana. Okay, so the, the projects in the Spanish province of Extremadura, um, tell us a little bit about the region that, that you're in uh, and the, uh, the township of Caceres, which is the, the, the local community. Yeah, well, look, I mean, this project was put out to tender in 2016. Um, they were always aware there was a large lithium resource uh, available in close proximity to the town of Caceres. So the town itself is about two and a half hours west-southwest from Madrid, a very easy drive on, on dual carriageway. And ultimately, you know, this is a project that's um, in a region that receives one of the highest levels of support through the European Commission and the European Union. So, you know, with very large levels of unemployment, massive population issues, they're really seeking investment and in particular industrial development close to the community of Caceres. And that's where it's really important that we focus on our downstream activities, that value add, but also it's strategically important, not only for Europe, but particularly for extra Madura. Excellent. Excellent. And what about more broadly, the, the EU and the Spanish, you know, electric vehicle um, push? Um, you know, how can you describe what's going on there with respect to incentives within the broader EU and also within Spain, the importance of the Spanish automotive industry to the economy in, in general um, and the, the, the general sort of groundswell of support that, that perhaps not all of us here in Australia are aware of when it comes to phasing out internal combustion engines and um, promoting um, the growth in e-mobility. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, there are a number of factors that have driven this move to e-mobility in Europe and even pre-COVID times, you know, we can focus on, you know, this uh, real push towards green energy and energy transition and a, and a new digital economy. So Europe was moving that way with the EU Green Deal and allocating allocating close to $750 billion to these initiatives. And then COVID hit. And that only sought to really reinforce that issue of, of deglobalisation, of localised value chains. So now there were all these uh, market forces and, and political forces pushing towards electrification. Obviously, the demand for lithium is, you know, very heavily correlated or, you know, almost entirely driven in the market by um, the demand for the move to e-mobility and, and in particular electric vehicles. In Spain, um, based on the old ICE or internal combustion engine, Spain was the second largest producer of, of automobiles and they're, they're now having to look at totally revisiting their own value chain. That... Um that uh, squeak um, that you heard was the door opening and the um, 
the uh, lovely people from Honeybees, our local coffee shop, um, delivering my long black. And what are you having, Ryan? Uh, just, a, just a long macchiato, mate. <laughs> Excellent. And Nicola, our trusty sidekick, is hopping into uh, a hot chocolate. So with, with this um, going down the hatch, I'm sure we'll be able to, um, you know, wax lyrical a bit more. So, look, um, uh, and, and, and maybe you can talk about the, the importance that the uh, European Union has on, you know, localising those supply chains and, and more particularly um, uh, reducing the um, automotive industry's reliance on Chinese chemical supply. I mean, this is this is playing out right here and now, and even even overnight, uh, Thierry Breton, the European Commissioner for the Internal Market, really highlighted the need to secure sustainable supply chains and really step away from relying on other sources of raw materials that underpin their economy. This has really been driven more recently. I mean, the tragedy that's unfolding in the Ukraine, we can all see, you know, it's been weaponized. You know, the Nord Stream 1 was turned off last week in terms of Europeans actually being able to access energy, gas, oil, and the ability to store energy in the future through lithium-ion batteries, whether it's stationary storage from photovoltaic and wind and hydro, all the way through to e-mobility and lowering that carbon footprint. Europe's really banked their future on a battery pass that will govern e-mobility and the CO2 footprint uh, that goes into lithium-ion batteries. But more particularly now, you know, there's a you know there's a very clear narrative in and around Europe and and ultimately some of the pressures from the east at the moment. Excellent. All right, and so let's get back to your project. Um, you know, yesterday, and so we're recording this on Wednesday, the seventh of September. So, yesterday there was an announcement that um, pertained to uh, Infinity's wholly owned subsidiary, uh, Extra Majority New Energies, which um, uh, owns seventy five percent of the uh, uh, San Jose project, um, and and it also uh, the the the, the um, uh, announcement also pertained to the CEO of, of um, Extra Majority New Energies, Ramon um, uh, Jimenez Serrano, I believe I've got Very something good. close to the right pronunciation, um, joining the um, it, the Infinity uh, Lithium Corporation's ASX um, board. Um, now, the, the, the company um, also addressed permitting issues. So there was um, a, a, a investigation permit that was cancelled last year. Uh, the company, as I understand it, um, you know, is appealing that process through the appropriate legal avenues in country. Um, but you also mentioned that there are, there's more than one pathway with respect to taking this project forward with or without that investigation permit appeal being successful. So perhaps you can kind of talk a little bit more broadly about the, the, the permitting situation and I suppose the changes that, that you've seen on the ground with respect to rhetoric from local community leaders over the course of the last sort of you know 12 months or so um, and 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 maybe about the pivot from you know uh, what was previously considered to be an open pit um, uh, extraction for the for the ore at San Jose to an underground extraction and the and the effect that you know Ramon's um, leadership um, at a local level has had on changing and and molding community um, attitudes towards your project yeah well, look firstly we're thrilled to welcome Ramon to the board of infinity he's been uh, you know acting in the capacity as CEO of extra Madura new energies our wholly owned Spanish subsidiary 
that essentially owns that right in the SPV for the project San Jose, which is a bit of a mouthful. But I mean, at the end of the day, he's, you know, really highly regarded. He's got great credentials. He's got vast experience in, in industrial projects through his time at Akiona. So he's been leading our team. And what we've seen since his appointment late February, early March is really focusing on that local engagement, aligning this move underground, which is in direct response to the local community to ensure that we win our societal license. We've seen an enormous shift politically in terms of um, the positions regionally and locally towards a project through better understanding the environmental credentials, the technical credentials and the economic opportunity that this project brings to the region. We've seen the announcement of large lithium-ion battery plants as well in the region of Extremadura. So it's incredible to think that Extremadura could be the first region globally to consider a cradle-to-grade value chain. So Ramon's been driving a lot of the discussion, a lot of the political discussion locally and regionally to the point now where politically they're asking for the project to be presented. They've highlighted, we want to see this technically presented so we can assess the merits of the project. If we wind back the clock to, to last year, we had an issue with an investigation permit and we had that cancelled. And that was really a, a political decision that put it before the courts to, to seek resolution on some technical matters. We're not able to directly comment on that, but we're expecting resolution this year. However, with a successful resolution and we are reissued that investigation permit, we can move forward in a conventional sense to lodge our mining licence application. Bear in mind, we already have a dual defined resource. We've undertaken our drilling. This is an administrative process to be able to lodge our mining licence application because this investigation permit was granted in 2017. Our chairman, Adrian Byers, led the drilling campaign in the country. So that work has been undertaken. In the event that we are not successful before the courts, we have alternative routes that we can pursue, and this has been highlighted by the regional and local government as they're, again, seeking to assess this project on its merits through the right administrative process. Excellent. Excellent. Well, um, maybe you can, you, know, you mentioned Adrian there and we've, and we've touched on Ramon. Um, do you want to talk about some of the other members of the executive team and board and the skill set that they bring to your company? Yeah, look, absolutely. Uh, our chairman, Adrian Bias, I mean, he has an extensive history in the, in the resources sector and he's also chairing uh, another couple of companies currently engaged in underground mining activities. So that's a very important distinction and also for our credibility in country to be able to point towards that successful outcome. And we'll also be seeking, like many others, to move to a fully electrified fleet as that technology becomes available because ultimately in Europe, we need to be shooting for the lowest possible carbon footprint. In terms of our technical team, I mean, globally, this is a, an area where really lithium chemical conversion is really starting to ramp up in terms of volumes. But we've got a team or a technical advisory committee led by John Starrick, who was the CTO of Galaxy back in the day, and has also been involved in a number of other recent lithium chemical conversion projects, both Brine and Hard Rock. He's also accompanied by Dr. Dave Marie, who is the ex-principal scientist from Taliesin. Uh, Dave has travelled extensively with us. So not only are they focused on San Jose, but they've also been focused on our other R&D activities where we have been progressing alternative processes that show real potential for other lower-grade ores globally. All right, excellent, Ryan. Well, my understanding is that um, 
Extremadura is really a, a hub for re- renewable energies and, and um, Infinity plans to tap into that opportunity. Can you sort of explain a little bit about the partnerships that you've got in relation to um, you know, harvesting some of the opportunities that, that are available um, in a place like Extremadura from that renewables perspective? Yeah, I mean, Extremadura currently speaks for approximately a quarter of all of Spain's photovoltaic electricity that is generated. They've got vast wind assets as well. And so now they're really starting to bank their future, not only on this renewable electricity, but also using that electricity to generate green hydrogen. And I think that's a thematic we're very familiar with here in WA. I think any other day we open the paper, we, we can see those, you know, large scale developments in the northwest of Australia. As we look to Spain and particularly Europe, Extremadura now is trying to position itself to export its energy, again, in much the same way as Western Australia, but in their case, throughout Europe. So ultimately, green hydrogen, not only for export, but from our perspective, we want to use green hydrogen to power our kiln. It's the largest emitting component. And if we can step away from natural gas or blend, that's going to have a massive impact in terms of our CO2 footprint and also a potential pricing premium in the market in the future. Where we sit at the moment, we can tap into the grid and attain 100% green energy certificates for our electricity, but we're in discussions to localise our supply. So localise our supply of green electricity through a standalone photovoltaic installation and also the production of green hydrogen. So there are world leaders within Extremadura and particularly within Spain, some large companies that have the runs on the board that have produced green hydrogen and have extensive renewable assets. And it's also my understanding that from an environmental point of view, uh, a lot of the, the chem- sort of chemical inputs are, are, are benign. Um, and, uh, and, and a lot of the, uh, the waste material, uh, is also, um, sort of environmentally friendly and can be recycled. Um, you can probably talk about the, the water side of things as well. Yeah, look, I mean, at the end of the day, we've been developing a sulfate roast process flow sheet and we have a provisional patent pending that we're due to lodge having, uh, having just completed our test work program with ERT and O energy support. So ultimately the funding that has been provided through Europe has essentially driven our entire test work program over time. So look, you know, definitely from where we sit in our inputs, you know, the real attraction here is it's a slightly different process from a hard rock lithium chemical uh, conversion process with regards to spodumene. We'll be introducing a potassium and a sodium sulfate in the kiln and using a water leach to be able to produce our lithium sulfate in solution. And we're actually able to recycle a lot of those reagents. So we end up with a much more benign tailings footprint. With the move now underground, we um, are able to return close to 60% of that material back underground. And the goal is to have essentially crushed dirt and rock benign materials from essentially non-toxic reagents that allow for the continual rehabilitation of the site. So a very different mindset uh, for the local community for what they otherwise might have assumed for a, for a mining project, for what people are familiar with with barley and, and other large-scale projects globally. Yeah, excellent. Well, it sounds like you've got a lot on your plate. What's what's coming up sort of in the next couple of weeks and months for uh, Infinity? Yeah, look, I mean, we're back on a plane for our fourth visit to, to Europe since February. So uh, we'll be leaving next Tuesday. We've got a, a number of things on, site visits, obviously engaging politically and locally. 
We have a fast markets conference in, in Barcelona where I'll be on a panel discussion. And also we have another, um, another conference in Lisbon, which is an EIT sponsored event and, and really a, a pitch style conference, which should be, uh, you know, quite interesting as well across all facets of the value chain. So there's, a, there's a lot going on in Europe. Europe's come back from their summer break and, and ultimately we're seeing a lot of activity not only in terms of conferences and commitments with our project, but politically through the European Commission, we're expecting some very strong statements as they realise, um, you know, their exposure and inavailability of raw materials is, is, is definitely a matter they're going to have to deal with uh, imminently. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mentioned earlier on that uh, our kids were in a uh, cricket team together and your son um, yeah, was fresh off the boat from, from France, um, probably hadn't really... Um, uh, spoken much with peer group outside of uh, the French language. Turns up, um, he has given a pair of cricket whites and uh, a totally unfamiliar game, and he goes and, and 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 tries to learn it whilst he's sort of settling back into Australian life. And what struck me was uh, he's he's come from from overseas. Uh, he's taken up a, an unfamiliar game, and through sheer bloody mindedness and determination and grit. Uh, has found his way to succeed, and and I think whether or not it's the father following the son or the other way around, um, you know, an Australian company going to to Spain and becoming part of the community and and working extremely hard to 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 become a a, a meaningful, um, you know, valuable part of that of that you know local community uh, is something that I I, I think I can see uh, was reflected in. In the young fellas' cricket, and is probably something that is a is a really good analogy for what you're trying to do there in Caceres. So, no, thanks, Lucas. I mean, I think we can forget the golden duck and the and the eight <laughs> consecutive wides, but uh, and the promise that he was never returning to cricket. But now, look, I mean, he's he's uh, he's really harnessed Australian life, having having had to have spent a few years in France. Uh, you know, he's now you know entirely into his cricket and his and his Aussie rules footy as well. So, you know, I believe we've managed to uh, bring the Australian out into him. But uh, you know. Likewise, also hope he maintains those roots in Europe and, and gets back there as, as he starts to head into adulthood now. Yeah, excellent. And of course, I haven't mentioned your, your, your daughters, but, but, um, yeah, you're, you're a good, good family man. And I can tell that you've really put your heart and soul into building infinity. Um, I really hope it is successful. I, I certainly believe it is going to be. Um, I disclose my own personal shareholding and my interest in, uh, you know, this company being successful. Um, and I really wish you all the best. And, um, and I, and I, you know, I think you've, you've got, uh, a great project in the right commodity um, and in the right location. So, all the best, mate. Oh, look, thanks again, Lucas. And it's uh, it's been great catching up with you, mate. Good on you.